Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Throughout this Lenten season, we've been uh, making our way through the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet. We're in the fourth Sunday of Lent, and we have come to chapter 15 in Jeremiah's book. Let's listen together to verses 15 through 21. O Lord, you know. Remember me and visit me and bring down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, do not take me away. Know that on your account I suffer insult. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice under the weight of your hand. I sat alone." For you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you turn back, I will take you back. And you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. I think you would have liked my father-in-law, Jim Brown. Melissa's dad was one of the great fun guys to hang out with a carpenter by trade, but on the weekends he loved uh, almost any outdoor uh, outing, boating, fishing, playing golf, uh, hunting. And, and one of the things that made him so much fun was that he had a southern uh, expression for almost every situation, some colloquialism that seemed to fit. And as a Southern gentleman, he did not use the whole range of those expressions when the women were present. But he seemed to always have one that fit. And, and so we're playing golf one day. He and I were sharing a golf cart. My brother-in-law, Mike, uh, was in the other part of the foursome, and Mike was not having a good day on the golf course at all. Mike's a good golfer, but not this day. <laughs> 
And any of you who play any sport know how uh, maddening it can be if you know the level of your play and you're playing way far south of it. And there's just nothing that is more frustrating than that. And, of course, the more frustrated he got, uh, the angrier he got. It seemed like every time he hit the ball, he either dribbled it 10 feet ahead of him or it took off uh, sideways somewhere he never intended at all. Well, it got so bad that we're, we're kind of praying under our breath that Mike's going to hit a good shot because we're kind of all afraid he's going to blow a gasket if he doesn't hear, hit a good shot soon. We get to the next tee box. He hits it. It takes off like it was shot out of a gun. But then it just kept going in the wrong direction. And I think ended up in a backyard Weber grill somewhere. I mean, it was nowhere close to where it needed to be. So my father-in-law took off from the tee box, got back to our cart quickly before he started, Mike started throwing clubs or whatever response he was going to have. We got back in the golf cart. I took off, and my father-in-law said, you know, it's kind of like when a man's best bird dog dies. Sometimes there's just nothing you can say that's going to make it better. Well, during the Sundays of Lent, we've been looking at the book of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and this book is just so full of lament and woe and angry prayers and unanswered prayers that it's clear to you by now that nothing is going the prophet's way either. Just nothing is going his way. And we've covered some of this ground already. You know that Israel is under threat from the Babylonian army at the north who are just encroaching, moving ever so quickly into the Israelite territory, threatening to take over, to conquer and invade all of Israel. The threat is obvious, but the the clergy kind of have their uh, fingers in their ears because they're paid uh, by the, t- the the temple priests are paid by the king, so they don't want to say anything that's going to upset him. They, they just keep saying, "Oh, king, king, it's okay. Nobody's going to conquer Israel. We're we're the chosen people of God. The temple that's where the Ark of the Covenant is." God's not going to let anything happen to you. God's not going to let anything happen to us. Don't you worry. But the prophet Jeremiah has heard a word from the Lord. And Jeremiah has a very different word to say. So on a busy temple Sabbath... In front of a large gathered crowd, Jeremiah preaches a very different message. In chapter 7 of Jeremiah, we have the account of this temple sermon calling the Israelites to repentance, telling them that nothing short of full revival, nothing short of a full falling on your face, groveling, sorrowful repentance, followed by a clear change of direction is going to make this story end up favorably. Jeremiah said, the army is coming soon and you have it coming. 
because of your faithfulness, because of your betrayal of the covenant. That's what's brought this on you. And he preached an inspired message, a message that was so bold that truthfully he could have been charged for treason against the crown. He preaches this message. And following this heroic temple sermon, nothing. Nothing. I mean, in the movies, if this had been a part of a movie, he would have finished, and just about the time he got to the benediction, you'd have seen off in the distance uh, torches glowing as, as the army starts getting nearer and nearer. But it's not the case. And we're no longer in chapter 7 when he preaches this sermon. We're in chapter 15 and nothing. No repentance from the Israelites. No advancing Babylonian army. Just folks going to work and playing with the kids and planning the week's menu. Well, who knows how long? Months? Months maybe. And nothing. All this time has passed since this stinging, memorable sermon. (laughs) Nothing. Except that now Jeremiah is a social pariah. Nobody is inviting Jeremiah to their birthday party. People walk by, see him, and whisper, and that's the guy. That's the guy who preached the sermon. Nothing is going his way. But like our sermon from two weeks ago, Jeremiah turns his pain into prayer, and he gives voice to his anger. Know that on your account... I suffer insult. That is, Jeremiah is saying that I'm treated like this because I did what you instructed me to do. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice under the weight of your hand. I sat alone. You see, I, he's saying, I wasn't one of those happy temple preachers. One of the merrymakers who was telling everybody everything's going to be great in this kind of happy nationalism. Because of you, I sat alone. It's just me out on this limb by myself. Then Jeremiah says, why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. That I am in incredible pain, and I feel tricked because of you. Well, did I mention that nothing is going Jeremiah's way? I mean, it, it just, how does it get any worse Right Over the course of these weeks we've been in Jeremiah, we've seen all kinds of anguish. 
Right? So remember, my first sermon on Jeremiah focused on the pain we bring on ourselves, how our own betrayal has consequences, and that much of our hardship is self-inflicted. And later, we talked about the pain that comes our way that we have no control over, things that are done to us by others or disease or natural disaster. Some of our hardship comes and we're just powerless. But today's story is a new kind of hardship because this ostracism that's come to Jeremiah has come because of something he did. This is all about the temple sermon he preached. But this pain is not a result of his sin. Instead, this hardship is coming because he is following the will of God. And eventually, eventually, this much trauma will take its toll. Mark Cleveland tells the story of Chippy. I'm going to tell his story. Here's the story of Chippy. Chippy's a parakeet. Chippy never saw it coming. At one moment, Chippy is perched in his cage, and he's happy and singing and peaceful. The next moment, well, here's the story. His problems begin when Chippy's owner decides to clean the cage. And she thinks it might be a shorter way to do it, to take the vacuum cleaner hose off and use it to clean out the cage. She gets ready to do that. The phone rings. It gets her attention for just a moment. She puts the, and Chippy goes into the vacuum cleaner, into the vacuum bag. Now we've got a whole nother issue going on. She's now frantic. She's going, she's panicking. She puts down the phone. She's going through the vacuum bag. She finds Chippy. He's just got dust and soot and mess all over him from the bag. So, of course, she races upstairs to the bathroom. She turns on the faucet to get all that stuff off of Chippy. She holds him under the running water. Well, now, of course, Chippy is soaked and shivering. So she does what any compassionate bird owner would do. She goes underneath, grabs the hair dryer, and blasts him with the hair dryer and the hot air to get him okay. Well, a few days after the trauma, Chippy's owner is asked, how's the recovery going? She said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. If you endure long enough, it will take your song away. This is where I imagine Jeremiah. I mean, he's preached this bold sermon that nobody wants to hear. He's proclaimed destruction, and destruction hasn't come. He's shunned by the community. He's angry at God, and now he is at a critical juncture. This is, this is to me, a part of where the story hinges Because you and I both know people who in their disappointment with God have just walked away, just said, 
enough of following this God stuff. I've met a number of people through the years who felt like God did not come through for them like they expected God to come through for them. And they just threw up their hands and walked away. Now, Jeremiah is angry. He has raised his fist to God and said, Why is my pain unceasing? My wound incurable? He's angry. (laughs) And did you catch God's response? If you turn back, I will take you back. And you shall stand before me. They shall not prevail over you, for I am with you. To save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. Come on. You can stay out there mad and alone or you can turn back and trust that I will save you and deliver you. Sometimes life is hard, but it does not mean that God has abandoned. It's probably been over a month since I've told a story from my friend John Claypool, who you know by now, whose preaching and storytelling I so admire. So you're, you're probably overdue a Claypool story. So here we go. John once told about the time that a storm came through southern uh, Kentucky where his grandfather lived. His grandfather owned property there in southern Kentucky, a lot of land. But the prize of that property was a plum tree that sat uh, in the front yard of the, of the property there. It was the prize of the family farm. And when this storm came through, a tornado ripped through, twisted the plum tree out of the ground. It fell to its side, roots exposed. It is lifeless on its side. And when the storm finally got better and folks felt safe safe to come out of their house to kind of check around for the damage, folks in the neighborhood are moving around and checking each other's place. And eventually a group of men came to stand in a kind of silent circle around the plum tree that's now flopped over on its side. Finally, one of the men asked John's Grandfather, what what are you going to do with that tree? And he chewed and paused a while and finally said, I'm going to pick the fruit and burn the rest. In other words, I'm going to salvage what I can from this sad thing that's happened to me. And then I'm going to get I'm going to get on with my life. I'm going to get back at it. Well, I suppose that this is Jeremiah's path as well. 
Because in the face of his anger and sadness and disappointment with God, when God says, if you turn back, I will take you back. By all accounts, Jeremiah turns his trust back into the hands of God and gets on with his life. Pick the fruit and burn the rest. We take from life's terrible experience whatever we've learned, whatever insight about ourselves or others, and we burn the rest. We press on with what St. Ignatius called holy indifference and let go. This horrible pandemic year is just one of the many ways that trauma or tragedy or disappointment has visited our lives. And we affirmed a few weeks ago that prayers of lament are often the most honest prayers we have to offer. And expressing our pain to God is in no way unfaithful. But if we stay there, if if we stay there, if, if we forever just stay in the pain, repeating over and over the words of Jeremiah, why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed. If we just only stay there asking, why me, why me, and never find the courage to re-engage God's fidelity, then we will become bitter. It is the season between promise and deliverance that our faith is tested most. And if you find yourself stuck in the trauma, the gloom of God's sadness, of God's silence rather, if you find yourself in that place, I encourage you to pick the fruit and burn the rest. Don't let the sadness rot until it becomes despair. Instead, trust that Easter, Easter is closer than you might think. And by God's power, this is going to end differently. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.